Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week, we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 64. We've got an interview today with a guy who's been crushing the DIY blog space for years now, and he's also pivoting in some new content. Jameson Rance from Rogue Engineer was one of my first connections that I made when I got into blogging. And his mindset and outlook on his business is all about the long game. So today we're going to talk with Jameson about how he went from a full-time engineer to a DIY blogger and also how he manages his time, his efforts, and sponsored deals. Jameson has built quite an impressive blog over the years. With over 250 individual posts, Rogue Engineer gets over 400,000 monthly views, which is monstrous. Along with an impressive Pinterest following of 100,000 plus, he has a solid Instagram and YouTube with 40,000 and 22,000 respectively as well. Absolutely. We love Jameson, great friend of ours. Uh, before we get started, we do want to thank some patrons that joined the MFP tribe. We had Susie at The Accent Piece and Jeff Gruff. Thank you so much for joining. If you want to be part of that, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit and you can get access to the after show as well as some other cool rewards. So go check that out. But without further ado, here's our interview with Jameson Rance from Rogue Engineer. All right, guys, welcome to the interview. We are here with uh, one of my good friends, and he is the rogue engineer, Jameson Rance. Jameson, welcome to Made for Profit, my man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, we're, we're excited to have you on here. We just went through, uh, you know, behind the scenes. We we spent a half hour, half an hour trying to get recording, uh, you know, but Jameson, we, we got it figured out. And uh, so this one's going to be extra juicy. Because That's right. Yeah, we've just been horsing around and talking about Lou Albano and beards and, and all kinds of good <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, so. well, we, we just want to first and foremost thank you for making the sacrifice of having to tie your beard up for the interview. Uh, it was just it <laughs> hey, was just so distracting. Jameson actually put a hair tie in it, um, and and now it's you know it's tamed up, ready to rock and roll here for MFP. You know, I do what I, I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, uh, Jameson. Uh, Man, what we've we've known each other since what twenty fifteen since twenty sixteen be- since the beginning, bro. Since the beginning, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jameson uh, was uh, it was it was me and Jameson and and uh, what was Jameson and a bunch of uh, ladies on the blogging side, yeah. and then they roped me in, and uh, yeah. So this was like old school DIY blogging, man. 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah. twenty fifteen, I guess. And um, throwback from so, three years ago. I know, I know. And and uh, it's been awesome to watch your evolution. So we want to definitely talk about that. But some of our audience might not know who you are. Uh, I know that um, you obviously, your your biggest presence is, is the blog and you do definitely do the Instagram, but uh, with the presence on the blog and, and YouTube, which we'll talk about. But for those folks here in, in the audience who might not know about uh, Rogue Engineer, why don't you give us a little backstory just about you know how you got started and we'll, we'll get into your whole uh, your story, because obviously uh, you're doing this full time and, and I won't steal any of your thunder here, but just kind of, you know, brief walkthrough of of uh, how you got into the whole thing and and what your blog is about now. 
Sure, sure. So my uh, my quick little elevator pitch, I guess, is um, I am a former aerospace engineer. I used to work for Gulfstream, and I was in the mechanical design department. Um, and so I was a designer. I was CAD jockey, I guess you could call me. Um, and then we bought a bigger house. We needed some furniture for that house, so we ended up building a lot of that furniture ourselves. I realized that um, the my expertise in the design world could make up for my poor craftsmanship or at least somewhat. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of ran with it and, and, and everybody that wanted me to build furniture for them, um, I felt like I had put so much time and effort into the plans that I should just share those with the world and get those out there um, so that everybody could do the same. And, and I wouldn't, it'd free me up so I wouldn't have to build projects for every, everybody else. So that's how Rogue, Rogue Engineer was created. Um, we started basically just building DIY furniture, um, a lot of construction grade lumber, stuff that you can get at just about any box store uh, so that everybody could do it. And it was fairly straightforward. So when I went full time with the website, we um, we were location independent. So we sold our house and we actually moved in with our in-laws, my, my wife's uh, parents. They were kind enough to give us the the main house and they moved into the basement and they also have a heated shop up here in Michigan. Um, so it worked out really well. Uh, when we did that, we ended up buying a house to flip and it was a complete gut. So we gutted that. I basically did everything or most of it. I mean, we hired out some of the, the, the monotonous stuff, but we built cabinets for the kitchen. We installed those. We refinished the floors. We redid all the bathrooms. Um, Basically, every surface of that house was touched in some way, shape, or form. So we documented that whole process on the website and through video as well. Um, and then after we actually, before we sold that house, we bought land to break ground and build our own house on, which we're about ninety percent done with right now. But we've been documenting that the whole the whole way through. So it's been a it's been a really neat process, and to kind of see how the website has pivoted or or grown or expanded the content, the, um, the array of content has been pretty neat. Dude, juicy. I mean, there's like so much in that, <laughs> in, in that story to, to, un, <laughs> yeah, to unpack. Uh, I think it's, it's awesome. And, and, and I, I definitely want to hit on what you're doing now, but what I really want to unpack a little bit is, is going from that because we have very, very similar backgrounds, right. In engineering and, and actually both some in aerospace, even though I went uh, retail after that, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would think, "Oh my god!" Like you were like aerospace engineering, and like so you have a lot of education, spent a lot of time in college, uh, and you know that's a, a nice paying job yeah. field. So you know, how did that look for you? Like as you were as you were there, and you started building and figuring out, "Hey, I got this house, and I want to build stuff." And and I know you started on Anna White, like a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, like when, when was that, uh, when did it start like the monetary perspective come up? Like, you're like, Oh, there's like, did you key off of Anna's site or, or were there people just requesting so, a lot of stuff from you or how did that work? Yeah. Um, it, the way that it kind of started with me, I, I guess I could say that I've, I've always been an entrepreneur first. I've owned other businesses in the past. Um, even while I was in college, uh, when I started my full-time job at Gulfstream, I knew almost instantly that my life was, or my soul was slowly dying every single day <laughs> that I sat in that cubicle. So I was trying to come up with ideas for businesses, and I knew that I didn't want a brick and mortar business. Um, so a location independent kind of uh, 
digital nomad, I guess you could call it. It was something that I was looking for. Um, and then when we started building that furniture, I saw how well Anna had done. I knew that I could uh, do plans just as well, if not um, just as well. So I, I just went for it. Um, and it was something that I enjoyed. That was the thing. When I built my first piece of furniture, I was like, man, and, and everybody that's listening to this right now probably had that same exact moment. You built that first piece of furniture and it's like, wow, this is awesome. This is just like something that we love to do. And to be able to do that and make money, if I knew that if there was an opportunity there, then I was going to go for it. Yeah, and that's that's so awesome. I love hearing about that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I've never been in a situation where I've <laughs> felt like my soul was being ripped out of me on a daily basis. But it's such a common thing that we get from our audience is, is that, you know, there's a lot of people don't feel like they are um, being fulfilled or that they feel like that they're essentially wasting away a lot of time. But I think what's brilliant about it is how you approached it in order of like, you know, let's let's supplement a little bit until I can get away from it. What was your, what was your kind of approach there? Um, as far as like time, uh, balance was, because I know that's a huge struggle with a lot of people. Cause you do have a family and you, I mean, yeah. and you do have a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. So we had, when I started the website, we had one kid and we had another one on the way. Um, so time was, uh, you know, we were, we had a lot of things going on. So basically the first thing that I knew that I had to give up was my social life. Um, ah. and, <laughs> and which we had moved to a new town. So we didn't have, it wasn't like we had this big circle of friends and now I'm like turning down invites. It was kind of like I had a goal in mind and I knew that, um, in order to get there, I was going to have to give up one thing and, or something. And that, that big time suck that, doesn't really, you know, it fulfills you emotionally, I guess you could say, but uh, it doesn't add to, um, doesn't add, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but um, it was one thing that I was willing to give up in order to make it happen. So I gave up my social life for one. And then it was all about just managing your time. And, and basically the way that it worked out was there was, there's three buckets. I had my full-time job, I had my family and I had the business and I had to um, whatever I was working on at the time in order to make it, uh, as efficient as possible, my time, that is, um, I had to give 100% of my attention to whatever that was at that, at that, whatever I was working on at that time. So when I went to work, I focused on that. When I came home, I did the family thing until we put the kids to bed. And then I sat up and just went after it on the, on the computer or out in the shop or whatever, whatever had to be done. So there was a lot of late, late nights and a lot of weekends that, that I was in the shop or on the computer. Yeah. I think that sacrifice is something that surprises a lot of people. Um, you know, you, yeah. you've, there's gotta be a, a balance and there's only so much time in the day. Um, and, and when I talk about, you know, like my backstory and stuff, I, that was one of the first things I gave up was, um, a lot of my social life. Um, and I didn't have the family, um, so it was a lot of long hours, a lot of late nights, a lot of weekends. Um, and I know Brad was doing pretty much the same thing, possibly still is, with you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know, with that, um, you can you can see a lot of quick results. And and I like to try and and paint the picture that in like a situation like yours, if you put twice the time in that somebody else is, you'll surpass them in two times that. And if Absolutely. you're willing to give up things like 
you know, going out to dinner on a Friday night or, you know, taking a Saturday to go to a ball game, you know, things that we love. If you can, if you're willing to give those up for a couple of years, you can really make strides even in the side hustle. Um, you know, but, but another aspect of it that, that I always like to prod at or, or try and get some insights on, you know, do you have any, any tips or advice for that balance? Cause I, uh, any, anything that you specifically found that worked really, really well for you or things that you would advise against? Um, I mean, the main thing, and a lot of people don't understand it, is that when you put in the time um, into something like that, when you're working as hard as you can on the website or in the shop or doing your thing, trying to build a business, um, one thing that I've realized is that you can't expect results. And especially in this business and trying to grow a a web-based business, you can't expect like if I put in X amount of effort, then this is my return. Um, it takes a lot longer than most people think. Um, I've heard the, was it the thousand day rule basically? So you've got three years essentially. The first year, you're basically just figuring it out. The second year, you're actually starting to build your audience. And th- the third year is when you actually start to make some money. Um, and I think, I think that's probably, I mean, I'm fairly familiar with Brad's story. I think that's where, that's kind of where everybody is. I think that's a good timeline. Yeah, it it is. Uh, I like, because we've talked about this before in the past too, Jameson, because it, it like, I, I really started in earnest about a year after you did. <clears throat> and when you look at the timeline, it's, it's almost mirrored exactly to a year. And, um, and, and we were doing a lot of the same stuff, um, in and talking a, a lot, uh, I, I think with our success comes uh, uh, more work because we don't talk as much yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when we were cutting our teeth, we we're like, oh man, we're like, when are we going to make this happen? But uh, like getting back to to what you're saying about results, I mean, I think that's that was a huge thing for me too. Is is like, and, and I've had a, some recent comments about this as well. Uh, it's like, how much time do I put in, and, and when you know, like when you're putting in and you're in your 10th video or in your 15th blog post or whatever, and you're not getting those followers yet, a lot of people drop off. So that I really like that you said that about, you know, don't expect just because you're putting in the time doesn't mean you're going to get the feedback. Uh, but you know, I think what we've all had happen is that after a while, like you just keep banging your head against the wall and, and doing really good content. And then it, and then it pops. The thing that I always like was so impressed about you, Jameson, when we were going out and I was just like, like you motivated me, because your consistency was so good, man. You were you were popping projects. I mean, you were, and and you had a you had a nice situation, if I recall. You, I think you had Fridays off or, or something like that, where you could spend the time. I had doing four that. ten hour shifts, so that was that helped out a lot. Yeah, so doing that, and I was always like so envious because you're you know out there like just slamming projects in your driveway, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> if I only had an extra day. But uh, but the fact that I mean, you were putting out like how many in that first year. At like one how point, many, how there, many projects like did when you I was out? in my final stretch to going full time, uh, we were uh, trying to put out two projects a week. It didn't always work out, but for the most part, we were getting out two projects a week. And it was usually one big one and one small one. Right. And I think that's a great way to go, though. But you were putting them out. And that's, yeah, that was what always, I, I was like, it, it just like, you know, in some points I would be just discouraged because I'm like, how does he do this? <laughs> like, I cannot do this. And other times I'm like, well, man, Jameson's crushing it. Like, I, I can do this. I can get it out. And I never figured that out in my mind to do like the smaller projects. But um, yeah, also, I thought that was really good for you. We also weren't doing video back then. So that adds a whole nother layer to it. 
Yes, this this is true. So why don't you like hit on that? Like when as you so you started the blog, uh, like how many was it two years that you did the blog? I mean, and you did. So and if you, if any of you guys have not gone over, go check them out. It's it's rogueengineer.com. Um, you're going to misspell it. It's rogue, R-O-G-U-E. Right? Not, not Rouge. Not Rouge. He's not the Rouge engineer. I'm the Rogue <laughs> I, engineer. I literally, I literally misspelled that like two days ago. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I was like, why is this site not? Oh, typo. Uh, every, but, every once in a while, I randomly stick a Rouge in there somewhere in a post <laughs> just to make sure I'm still popping off for that keyword. You know? That's right. That's right. The typo keyword. Uh, but speaking of keywords, like I mean, I think that's where where you like found this niche. Like, so if, if you guys have not checked it out, RogueEngineer.com, uh, tons and tons of plans, all f- you know, free plans for ninety five percent of his stuff is free plans, and and you got a really great SEO, uh, you know, foothold and yeah. tons of traffic. So that's what you were building it off of, right? You were building it off of uh, like your uh, so you know a lot of our folks think about Instagram and think about YouTube. But you built your business on your blog and on blog traffic, right? And on organic on search, man. revenue, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It was all uh, organic search and uh, just Google traffic, man. That and um, Pinterest. Pinterest has done really well for us too. Yeah, that was yeah. one thing that I knew. And speaking with other bloggers, um, I knew that Pinterest was a huge um, traffic generator. And unlike Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, they don't really generate traffic to a website, but Pinterest does. It's a search engine. It's just like Google. Um, And I knew that I was terrible at that. So one of the first things that I did early on was I found a good good girl overseas that would manage all that for me. And she just consistently goes in there and updates that and has grown us to, I don't even know where, I don't even know the last time I was on Pinterest, but I know we're well over 100,000. Uh, followers on Pinterest, which is great. Yeah. Pinterest yeah. is a huge tool. We did an episode, well, a year ago on it. Um, and it's something that Brad's been coaching me up on for a long time. And I think it's interesting, the, the like the connotation that um, males specifically have towards Pinterest because not a lot of us use it in our everyday lives. But it is a massive yeah. tool for anything in search, especially anything that's visually interesting. Um, you know, we've, we've, since we met, um, probably half a year ago, you know, we've been chatting it up and I've been picking your brain on using Pinterest, uh, to better my business. What I, what I love about your brand and what I love about rogue engineer specifically is like the, uh, freemium concept, right? I mean, you have been putting out free plans by the (laughs) bulk, I would say (laughs) for a long, long time, right. Um, going on your your website for years, I've been inspired by your aesthetic because I really dig how you can you, you still mix like an industrial look almost without including metal um, into a lot of things. Yeah. But, uh, you know, take us through the journey of uh, the, the, that, you know, giving uh, giving away your best content for free, because a lot of people have problems with that. That's very difficult to wrap your brain around building yeah. a business around, quote unquote, free so the, my whole theory when I was building the business in the very beginning was that in order to build my audience and my reach, I needed to, um, to pull in a lot of people very quickly. And that's hard to do with a paid product. When you're giving away stuff, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to rank in Google and get up there in the search engines. Um, so that was as, as long as I'm giving away that high quality content, I knew that Google was going to respect that and send a lot of traffic my way um, and build the website. 
So I know that I'm, I'm probably leaving some money on the table because, um, because I could be charging for a lot of that stuff. But however, I was able to build my site uh, in the, the, the audience fairly quickly. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it worked for me. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily works for everybody. but Yeah, I mean, I think with the amount yeah. of content you were putting out, it was brilliant because you were able to do at least a project, possibly two yeah. a week. Um, getting getting that out there, you know, putting a paywall up behind it when you don't see growth, it's going to feel like you're just beating your head against the wall. Right. Yeah. But with the the model uh, based around free content and then winning on the back end with site traffic and ad revenue and all the things we've talked about on the show in the past, um, you're you're actually able to supplement and make up for that gap in not you know having uh, your plans for sale. What I think is also interesting is that how <laughs> willing a lot of us are to put content out there for free, quote unquote, on Instagram and YouTube. Um, but when it comes to your own website, you know, a lot of people don't put the time and effort into it because they feel like it's more work with nothing there. Yeah. Um, we get a we get a lot of content creators and listeners um, and and product producers uh, for the show that aren't sold on the website anymore. They're, they're not sold on uh, the blog as much as social media. Um, when your whole business has been essentially built around the blog, right? I mean, YouTube and Instagram are fairly new in the lifespan of Rogue Engineer, right? Yes, definitely. So I didn't even start making any videos really until, until I went full-time. And um, that, that, come, that came down to basically... Um, I didn't. I was not a video editor. Editor. I knew nothing about it, and I I needed to use my time as efficiently as possible. So I chose not to go that route. Um, I chose to dump all my eggs into the website and the plans because I knew how to do that. I could do it super efficient, and I could just crank that stuff out. Um, the other thing was that when I was building that business, when we go back to kind of monetization or whatnot. Um, that was something that I kind of took off the table at the time. And even like brand relationships and stuff like that, I would either um, do some of them for free, let not, not, not for free, but telling them that basically I'm going to, um, I was trying, basically I was trying to get rid of any um, hiccups along the way. So when you deal with brands, when you try and get sponsored projects, that all takes time to work out and it's just delaying any work that you could be doing in the shop or on the website. So that was one thing that I did to kind of streamline things and make sure that I could continue to crank out those couple of projects a week was I just kind of almost uh, gave up on any, or not gave up, but um, tried to limit any brand sponsorships and stuff like that just so that I could crank up that audience. How much uh, emphasis would you say you put on efficiency compared to with um, when it comes to your content, because that's something that I know I struggle with. I know Brad struggles with. I know that a lot of us business owners struggle with is that, um, you know, we talk about being wide and being in different pools and pots. But that when when you start to go, you know, when you start to become an Instagrammer, a YouTuber on Facebook, on the blog, on Pinterest, on a podcast, you start getting wider and wider and wider. And that takes away from the efficiency of the other processes. Seems like you <laughs> went the exact opposite, and you were like, "No, I'm gonna really focus and dive in." Um, how, so, how much emphasis do you think you put on efficiency in that process? Um, it kind of goes in waves. So, like when I first started, I would say that I was I tried to be as efficient as possible. 
And like you said, I try to, um, to limit anything outside of my realm, anything that would slow me down, um, just take that out. And now, and then, you know, once I, when I went full time, then I, I had a lot more time and I started to think about, you know, trying to fine tune some things here and there and open up different avenues. I was starting to make some money. So I hired a video editor rather than taking my time. Um, you know, I, I did dabble in some video here and there, so I know the basics. Um, but it was nice to be able to hire a video editor and just outsource that stuff. Um, that way I could, uh, get wider, but also keep that efficiency with, with what I'm doing on a day to day basis. But yeah, I think that's another thing. Uh, go ahead, James. I don't want to cut but you now off. I'm like, then when I started doing the house flip and now building this house, it's kind of gone back the other way where everything has to be super efficient again, because my time constraints, it's basically like taking on a full-time job, building a house. So I'm back to that full-time job, but I, there's an end in sight. We should be done here in the next uh, few weeks. So um, it's nice to be able to see the end, the light at the end of the tunnel and know that I can kind of, after that's done, I can kind of start to fine tune things again and get everything back in order. It's kind of like, it's kind of yeah, like hey. building a piece of furniture. When, when you're building that piece of furniture, the shop is just a huge mess. And then when you get done, it looks good. The furniture's done. You clean up the shop and you get everything back in order. Uh, it's like waves of, you know, it, it, it's the ebbs and flow of the business, right? And the growth and the recoil and then, you know, go start on something else. And, uh, but I think that that that's the other thing. So there's always two things that, that, you know, as we talked through the years and just as I watched you, like, uh, you know, talked about the consistency and just the effort there, but then the, the outsourcing. So you talked about, you know, bringing on a video editor and not, not, you know, you're like, yeah, I, I didn't know how to edit. And I think a lot of us, you know, most of us didn't know how to edit except like, you know, John and I were like, yeah, you know, forget it. I'm going to go and I'll just like figure it out and bang my head against the wall. And, and because I can do everything and I'll do that, uh, which is great, except it is extremely inefficient. And then now we've also tasked ourselves with this other job. Now we're not just producers of furniture, we're producers of videos and editors and all these things. Whereas that's what, so you, you mentioned it earlier in the show about grabbing somebody for Pinterest. So it, you know, I, that is always something that I've looked at and been like, man, James is so good at that. And, and I struggle with that. We talked about that a lot on the podcast. I struggle immensely with, uh, with outsourcing. And so see you do that and then see you do like the editing and just throughout your business. I think that's something that, you know, as I look at it from the outside, that, Absolutely. I, I think with your scale and how quick you're able to come up is that because you were so laser focused and you're like, all right, this like, I'm not going to worry about that because there are people that do that really well and I will pay them. And you also have a knack for finding really good people at really good prices. So that <laughs> that, that also helps. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a brilliant business concept to focus on what you're actually good at. I mean, it goes all the way back to uh, Henry Ford and whatever his quote was and was like, you know, uh, but you could never do quote unquote process in this. And he's like, yeah, but I got a guy that can do that. That's I can call in 30 seconds. So like those type of situations, being able to supplement what you're actually good at instead of go Superman like me and Brad tend to do and try to do it all yourself. It does help you grow quickly, right? I mean, there's no way you could have got two projects done a week if you were editing video, if you were doing your own plans, if you were managing your Pinterest, if you were posting on social and doing all that other stuff. No, it's hard enough to get one project a week done. Ask yeah. Brad. 
<laughs> yes. I, I, I still, I've never done it yet. So I'll tell you what I do. <laughs> so in that, you know, take us through how you, um, how you break down that kind of quote unquote hiring process. Like if you're looking for someone, what are the types of things that are going through your mind? Are you, are you just strictly focused on price? Um, you know, the, the price value of that individual, or are you searching wherever or the, you know, what's your kind of process there? Cause a lot of us um, would like to be better at that. Sure. I mean, it really depends on, um, you know, what, what I'm outsourcing. So for instance, like Pinterest, um, I didn't want to do it 100% hands off. And I, so I just needed somebody to do it and do it on a consistent basis. Um, so I was looking for, we went, I use, uh, the site that I use is called, it's now called Upwork. It used to be Odex at Odesk. Um, but Upwork, you can go on and hire all kinds of freelancers from, from like copywriting to, um, graphic design to like, even like as technical as like CAD and stuff like that. Um, but I found a social media manager essentially, um, and she's overseas. So her wages are super cheap. Uh, cause apparently they don't need as much money to survive over there for some reason. But, um, so I started paying her and just, and, and I knew it in the beginning, I knew that, um, it wasn't going to be a very good return on investment, but I could see the, the long game, um, and how much traffic she could generate. And now is she far surpasses, um, how much I pay her in just pure ad revenue, not to mention, being able to throw that on your media kit that you have when you're talking to brands and whatnot, that you have that many Pinterest followers, that's a, that's a huge asset to have as well. So one was finding someone that wants to do it and will consistently do it for something that I don't want to do. And the other thing is, um, like for video, for me, it was um, somebody that could do it better than I could and take the ball and run with it. So I wanted to learn the basics of video, and I did uh, several videos on my own. And so I had it figured out. I know how to edit, but it was time consuming for me. And I knew that my time was more valuable spent on, on uh, creating plans and in the shop. So being able to um, have somebody come in at a reasonable rate. Uh, luckily, we found a friend that was a wedding videographer. Um, and so he does a lot of work on the weekends. And he has, uh, and he, so he was willing to come and help us out on the week. Um, at a reasonable price since we're consistently paying him every single week now, basically. Um, he works with us pretty much part to full time now, especially since we're building the house. But being able to hand that off to somebody that already knows what they're doing and can do it well and um, just completely take that off my plate definitely opens up a lot more time for me to focus on you know, what I'm good at. Yeah, I love that. Brad, what was the Sean Van Dyke quote about hiring up? I mean, oh, hire, hiring down, uh, what is it? Hiring up gives you freedom. I forget what hiring down does. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that's a prime example. Um, Sean's, uh, we were talking a lot more about construction where his expertise is, and you could see how, and the implementation of the same mindset in the content or in the creative space can easily make your, your life a lot better. Um, that's something that Brad and I have been working on uh, with our own businesses is, you know, finding that right person who fits someone who is literally better than both of us at editing um, because, you know, we've both become so, so uh, pretty much good at it. 
with our, you know, style and what we're looking to do and how quickly we can get it done. Um, it actually becomes somewhat of a burden <laughs> when you've done it because now you're like, well, I know I could do this in five hours. You're telling me it's going to take 10 and you cost X. Uh, but, you know, with that, um, I understand the freedom of hiring someone who's better than you at something from the shop setting, um, you yeah. know, being able to tr- hand things off and trust somebody in there. Um, huge weight off your shoulders. And it really does allow you to focus on what actually brings money in, right? Yeah. A lot of us look at the expense there um, of that situation. You know, you look at it and you're like, oh, this guy's going to cost me 25 bucks an hour. And then you're all worried about the cost of that instead of being focused on more revenue to supplement the cost. You're just, you know, a lot of people focus on the cost. Um, I think your advice there on finding someone who's better than you, it almost completely eliminates that because when the quality goes up, the the time shrinks down, everything becomes more efficient and more money starts coming in. Um, so that's a great piece of advice, regardless of what your business looks yeah. like. So for me with the video and especially hiring this guy on, I knew that initially there was going to be that upfront cost. But when it came to um, you know flipping that house and now building our own house, I knew that I had to have good, high quality video in order to bring in those premium sponsors. Um, so I had to spend, I had to put in that, put out there that upfront cost and, um, it has returned tenfold. It is, it's, that's a huge marketing, um, tool for us to be able to show off that high quality video and even, and even create video for other brands. So our YouTube channel is still, uh, in its infancy stages, I guess you could say, I mean, we have a decent following, but it's not, um, it's not where I would like, it's not comparable to like our other followings. But it is um, being able to create that video and show the quality, but also being able to market and make videos for brands. So we've done that on a handful of time, a handful of exchanges um, where we've actually made videos for brands that don't necessarily go on our channel. Yeah, that's a great way to supplement. And because you already have that expertise, uh, I, I love that idea. And that's that's a differentiator, right, too, is that and I think other people can think about it, but you've got it in the front of your mind. Right. So that's probably when, you, when you're talking to a brand like that's something you're going to pull out of your toolkit and be like, you know, well, if you guys are interested, like I don't you know, know what your marketing is or if you want to have something for a new promo. Like I I've seen the ones that you've done and, uh, you know, for some new product introductions and showing the, the capability of of a new tool and showing how it works. And that's like that's something that we talk about that a lot that. Uh, brands are looking for. And sometimes they just want that for their own channel, right? They don't want to necessarily show it for you. Like they will put that on their website. They don't want to have to spend 30 or 40 grand to get it made. And, you know, you can do it for a much cheaper price than that because you've got the capability and you're not a full production studio shop that they have to pay and go get talent and find a set and all this other stuff. And that's that's the great thing about uh, being content creators. You can be more nimble and we can compete against those agencies in those media companies. So, and that's what we are, right? We're, we're just little small media companies, but yeah. when, when you're doing, when you're doing the, and it, you've worked with a ton of sponsors, you know, over the years, you, you've worked with, you know, probably hundreds of sponsors, a lot, like yeah. as you're going through, um, and especially with the house, right? Because there's so many, and now you've kind of gone beyond, well beyond the woodworking side. Yep. And now, you know, you're, I mean, you think about all the things that go into a house and there are hundreds upon hundreds of sponsors that you could potentially talk to. Like, how has that changed? How's your process of of meeting and talking with sponsors changed? And like what, you know, what kind of things have 
you've seen with better success versus just kind of the usual, hey, I reach out to them on Instagram because I know you do a lot of different things uh, with with you and Jamie, your wife, um, going out and, and actively seeking out sponsors. Yeah, so um, I try and it depends on how bad I want the sponsor. Um, but if they're basically any any way of contacting them, we'll try it. Um, and I, like you said before, I like to, whenever I am actually having a conversation with a, a brand, um, the way that I market myself and our business is that basically we're an all in one, um, creative uh, company. And we, we have, um, we're basically like a magazine and a, uh, a content production company all in one. So we have, we have, <clears throat> We have our our reach and our our audience that we can market to, but we're also creating all of, all of that content in house, whether it's photography, videography, um, you know, and then the written word and and blog posts and stuff like that. There's so many different uh, ways of creating content and then marketing it to our audience as well as creating content that they might need. Um, so it's and it actually is a really good deal for. Um, for brands to work with people like us because otherwise, like you said earlier, you'd have to go through, you know, you'd have to find the talent, you'd have to find, um, you know, a production crew, you'd have to find, and then, then you have to pay for spots to, to, to promote that content, whether it's, uh, you know, through banner ads or through, um, anywhere else or a magazine or whatever you have to pay for those ad spots. So yeah, yeah, I feel like it's a really good value to work with influencers like us, and uh, and I, I've gotten a pretty good um, uh, spiel down, I guess you could call it, to uh, to kind of convey that to brands. And where have you found like with the home stuff? Like, wh- where where are some of the new? Uh, I know the answer. I'm just trying to tease it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you found as far as as uh, you know instead of the traditional email, like some of like the physical going out and meeting these folks. Yeah. So one thing that we did, it was kind of like a last minute, uh, last minute, um, choice was to go on down to Orlando. There is K biz is a base base. It's just the international builder show. Um, and we went down there and met with a ton of different brands. We even scheduled meetings with brands that we were, um, that we were talking to beforehand. Um, and to get face to face with a brand is totally different. Um, we met with brands that had said no to us and we met with them at that show and changed their mind. And we're talking about deals that are worth $15,000. Um, you know, that's huge. And to be able to go in there and meet with someone face to face and be able to have them flip the switch just like that, that was big. So getting there and then meeting new brands, seeing new products and stuff like that, um, it was that was a huge uh, um, a huge return on investment as far as just getting down there and getting getting in front of people. Um, going to that was definitely life changing <laughs> for us. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember you going <laughs> down there and, and talking through that with you, and I think that the personal interaction uh, and it's another thing you know John and I have talked about a lot on the show as well as personally is that. Uh, you know, just shaking somebody's hand and being like, Hey, what's up? You know, I'm, I'm Brad, I'm Jameson. 
Like that's a whole different thing. And then plus, like they see the beard. Well, and they're like, Whoa. The, like this dude means business. My beard was a little oh, okay. bit lower, more like yours and Malecki's. <laughs> you mean groomed? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was actually groomed. The, uh, <laughs> but that that just personal relationship. We talk about it all the time. Like that's that's like business and, and business deals are transactional, but the relationships are what drives it. When you go in. And because like, like you said, so those people that turned you down, guess what? They probably also turned down 15 other people that week or that month or whenever, because they get emails all the time. And then you were probably one of the very few, if not the only person who they turned down, who also showed up. So now you're like, so they know who you are and then you can sell them on your vision. Like you said, I mean, I I love that. I love that combination of uh, the personal relationship and the elevator pitch. So you said, you know, you've got your spiel down. So you're not just rolling in and being like, hey, so, uh, you know, you're like, boom, we're Rogue Engineer. Like, we've got the website. Here's what it is. We can give you Pinterest exposure. If you want some media, like we can actually do video for like, you know, you're hammering them with options of, of just like, here's all that we can do for you. Yeah. And it's all hands off. And all you got to give us is, you know, a big fat check or a little skinny check with some product and, yeah. you know, like whatever it is, like you can work. And that's the other cool thing is that you can work through creative deals. Like, so maybe you ask for a certain amount and they say, wow, we don't really have the budget, right? That happens all the time. Yep. Well, what about product? What about this? And and then you can kind of work your own deal in person versus something that would take 30 emails. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was definitely uh, huge for us. So, and it's yeah. nice it, being able to see somebody in person and talk through the stuff like that is, it's totally different. And one other thing that I want to mention is that we, that I've noticed through working with all of these brands is, and that's been helpful for us is that, um, one of the brands that we were working with was, it was through a PR, uh, person, like a PR rep. Well, the big thing about PR reps is that they manage a lot of different brands. So after working through a deal with one brand, if that didn't work out, I go to that PR rep and I say, Hey, this is what I've got. This is my spiel. And, uh, do you have any, do you rep any other brands that you think might be a good fit? And that has worked out very well for us because they they sometimes don't think of it or, um, you know, until you bring that up or they, they just don't care enough to do it. Uh, but when you bring that to their attention, a lot of those brands that they rep are in the same category of space. So, Usually that's, uh, that's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that's that. Great uh, you know, that whole actual putting the hustle back on the ground concept of it. We've talked about it on the show before with some of our product, um, our, our product individuals and, you know, like there's a, there's a whole different vibe to the brand or business when you can actually put your feet on the ground, go door to door, quote unquote, and shake some hands. Um, you know, there's and there's nothing wrong with it either. While everyone else is going to email and video conference and Skype, I mean, you drove to Florida or flew and went and shook hands with the people making decisions. And that can be the difference in any type of business. If you want to sell more tables, you know, walk to the store that's closest to you and go talk to somebody uh, when you have those opportunities or drive across the country to make an introduction like those can make or break situations. Um, and, and those are the types of things you need to be willing to sacrifice on personally in order to benefit you long term. Um, face-to-face interactions are huge no matter what type of business you have. 
Um, and you need to make time and effort in order to do so. Brad and I, um, after, after I think it was WorkbenchCon last year, we did a whole show on why we think networking events are important. And I think uh, what you're talking about here is just an absolute home run on, uh, on bringing that home. Um, I don't know what episode number it was, but if you go back, I mean, this is a prime example of why you want to be at networking events, why you want to be at shows, and why you want to be getting out there more in the community if you want to be someone making a difference. Um, you know, we talk about um, the people that work for these brands are people that want to look good to their bosses. So if you can go out there and make them look good to their boss, <laughs> that's a win and that's easy. And then you become recognizable and somebody that they want to keep around. Absolutely. So to keep that in mind when you're doing this type of stuff, you want to hit home runs for these brands and these people that you're working with and working for. Um, and I think that that's amazing how you've been able to do so and how you're actually putting your feet to the ground and going to work. Um so, you know, kind of segueing more into it. So like the 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 type of content you were putting out before, we get a lot of questions on uh, people who feel stuck. They feel like they've been doing one thing. Um, Brad and I talk about consistently, if you want to up the value of what you're doing, then up what you're doing. Uh, you know, say, for instance, if you don't want to be selling cutting boards, stop making cutting boards. How did you make the move from free furniture plans to building an entire home? You know, like what was that? What did that path look like um, on more of like the business side of things instead of just like, oh, opportunity, let's make a house, oh, content, like here we go. Sure. Because that's um, huge compared to making a table. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I knew it was going to be quite the pivot. And it's not necessarily, I'm not going to continue down that road forever. And I knew that. It was just kind of like, a, I wanted to pivot this way and try this new avenue out for a little while. Um, but basically, in order to change directions, you've almost got to take a little bit of a step back before you can move forward. Um, so I knew by changing directions, uh, you know, it was going to shake up my audience a little bit. You know, I, I would lose some of my audience on the new content, um, but I was willing to do that in order to, um, in order, you know, like we talked about before with outsourcing, I'm willing to take that hit in the beginning in order to see the long game um, and be able to, uh, especially when it came to, when it came to flipping a house, I started getting my feet wet with working with brands that would work with me on product and stuff like that. Um, And it was kind of like playing small ball. And now that we're building our house, um, you know, I have, the connections that I needed and the, um, the know-how in order to make bigger projects and work with bigger brands, um, and, uh, make, you know, bigger deals on stuff that we're putting in our house, which has been super successful. Um, so like I said, being able to pivot, you know, that you're going to have to take a step back. I mean, you're not going to be able to maintain your momentum that if you're in this one path or you have this one, um, direction with whatever your your content is or whatnot being able to if you want to pivot that you just have to know that you're going to take a little bit of a step back you're going to take a hit and you might lose some of your your audience um, when you change directions with your content yeah i love that and i'm 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 going for that as the title, man. Playing the long game. That's right. With Jameson Rants. That that's it. I, you already read it down too. <laughs> is uh is is a is doing that because you had the end in sight too, right? Yeah. Like when you when you did this change because and so if 
again, we, we've talked a little bit about that, but go check out uh, Jameson's YouTube channel where they walk through the entire build process. So they're building a house, which is amazing, and, and also a barn slash shop, yep. which is as equally as, maz- yeah. as amazing so that are amazing. just like, like those, those are, I mean, I know, you know, we've talked like that, that's your dream home. Like Absolutely. you guys plan on being there for the foreseeable future yeah. for a long, 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 long time. And so like, you know, segueing and doing that. And it's like getting your, your dream shop together is that once you're done, then you're going to have this setup to then go back and then hammer down on all this content that you that you've kind of put on the back burner for a bit and and pump out more plans and all those things and you've you've kind of you built that up and and the nice thing about the way you've done it on SEO and Google search is that you can kind of put that on autopilot right i yeah. mean i'm sure like so how how has your traffic and blog revenue like without putting out a ton of new content how has that sustained it's sat right at about where where it was um, so we do about, <clears throat> about 400,000 page views a month and that has sat right there. And, um, you know, we've had, it's a little bit ups and downs, but it pretty much has maintained that traffic. It's, and that's because you, you built it the right way. You know, you built it on something that was long had longevity to it versus like, you know, building it on like social grabs yeah. or like something that's, that's just a flash in the pan and that's that's the awesome part, and you know, huge on on Pinterest, and you know, between those two, search engine and Pinterest, I know that that's the the vast vast majority of yours. You know, we've we've talked traffic sources and numbers and all that, and um, those are sustainable, you know, evergreen content that yeah. we love talking about. Evergreen content that is like just go back and just think about that about what Jameson did, and that's why we love blogs so much, and that's why we love evergreen because he did all this work for two years, worked his face off and it is paying him back while he's off doing another project. And then he can come back down, double down on it and, and keep going. So when you have the barn done and dude, I cannot wait to come up there Absolutely. And, and do some projects with you in the shop. But that's, uh, you know, it's just, you kind of just put on hell on hold yeah. while you're playing this long game. And that's just like, I love the foresight of that. And then it's going to play out to your business and I can't wait to see where it goes from there. So like with thinking about that, but now you have all this expertise in home building and flipping, what, what does that look like? I know you've talked about, you know, possibly doing some real estate things and, and other flips. Where do you, where do you stand on that? Cause after you do your house, you know, you've got all this knowledge and you've got all these connections. Where, where do you go from there? Cause obviously you're not going to be building another house for yourself no. anytime soon. So just recently, and we haven't let this information out on the, on the blog or through our videos yet, but so your audience is going to be the first time. Ooh, heard it here first, baby. Heard it here first. Um, <laughs> my, my father-in-law, uh, Jamie's parents who we've been living with and still are, we're going on two and a half years now. Um, they just bought the property next to us. So we have five acres and they just bought 10 acres right next to us. And they are going to be building a house, um, next to us. Luckily we get along pretty well. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, they're going to be building a, it's, it's a barn dominium style house. So essentially it's going to be a slab on grade. It'll look like a barn with a raised center aisle, um, exposed like timber frame house. Uh, it's going to be super, super cool. Uh, and just different, just really different. Um, and we're going to document the whole process as well. But the cool thing about it is that I don't have to manage the project, so I'm not going to be spending all of my time there and I can still get back to doing those, um, 
project videos that I love to do. That's fantastic. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show, and and that ties in so super well with our with our current our recent episode with with Kyle Stumpenhorst, uh, and, yeah. and they were talking about the you know, the show, the shop home. So that that's those are really hot right now. That's going to be awesome content. So that that's super cool. And then I assume that you'll also be working those connections and yeah. then pulling those people along for the ride, right? And and that's that's a really interesting market concept too, in the sense of like. I mean, you could almost like you could almost have that as a almost as a service. You know, I mean, I know we have you know mutual friends who do like designing services and stuff. It's like it's kind of almost like a niche thing about like, hey, you know, we'll we'll help you build this stuff. And, you know, we have these relationships, these brands and maybe it's just a you know, not the whole house, but maybe just a small thing like the kitchen. Yeah, you've got you've done so many kitchens now. You what you'll be three, four kitchens in like you've got a lot of expertise in kitchens. So it's it's opened up this whole new you know, possibility of, of what you can do with the business. So my thing is, is ever since the beginning, it, I mean, we went to go back to the very beginning where I started making, making furniture. Um, I hate building stuff or doing anything, not doing anything and getting paid to do like contract. Like, I don't know. I just don't like working for people just because I like to make my own decisions and do it exactly how I want. And I don't want any lip from anybody. So <laughs> the plan is to, um, I would love to get into basically, uh, flipping rentals, creating rentals, um, and kind of growing our real estate empire, I guess you could say. So, uh, we've, we're good with, with, uh, the whole construction process. I know all of the details. I have a lot of good contacts when it comes to contractors, um, working with brands makes it super lucrative as far as being able to save on materials and um, also make some some money with the with the content creation on the side, um, but uh, the goal one of my things has always been um, I've wanted to for a long time now is to build or to flip a house and create a rental property and call that I'd like to do one for each child and call that their you know, you've got that, the nut into it. And then by the time you fix it up, rent it out and they get of age, it's paid for, they can do what they want with it. That's their, their savings to, uh, to move forth in life with, which I always thought was kind of a cool concept and I've never heard of anybody doing it. Um, but I don't see why not. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome, an, ama- an amazing that idea that's rather so than, cool. rather than putting money into an investment account, why not put it into something physical um, that we're good at and we can, uh, you know, make the deals that we do and, and, um, see those returns a lot more, a lot quicker and, and better. Quicklier. I like Quicklier. It. You like that one? You've been that's listening new. to Malecki too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I love that. I mean, that's like Quicklier. a, that is a big time goal. And, uh, and I think that, you know, seeing the long play in your business and in like you, Brad just said, you know, like definitely will be the title of the episode, um, but seeing that throughout what you've been uh, trying to accomplish since you got started and that there was always something else in sight. Um, I think that that it pays a lot of respect to how far you've actually come. You know, like you are hitting the stepstones in what you want the brand to be in the type of content you're doing, where you want it to move, where you want it to go. And, you know, those things can pay uh, in, in paramounts compared to just trying to find your way as you go along, which is unfortunately something that I've been doing for too long of a time that I've been trying to get better at is like, 
you know, trying to do this custom furniture thing and then trying to do both custom furniture and content and then trying to do content. But do I want to do this type of content and blah, 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 blah. So like really honing in on what you want to do and having a set goal and plan. I mean, I think you're a prime example of how that can pay off long term and even hearing your plans for down the line um, are brilliant. And I think, uh, you know, seeing that type of long term mental uh, concept and kind of business plan um, is something that all of us as small business owners and entrepreneurs should take to heart and really consider, uh, you know, take the time to put that map into place um, and and think about, you know, where do you want to be in a year, five years, 10 years? I know when we got the show started, Brad, I said, you know, I wasn't really a goal or what do I want to be doing in five years kind of guy. I'm always talking about counter punching kind of Gary V concept, but like seeing the success that you've had, seeing the success Brad's had and a lot of the people we've had on the show, um, I think it's a a great point for our listeners and even someone like myself to get a plan together and that long plays make that much more important than, uh, you know, taking advantage of what's going on in the moment um, and, and capitalizing on it, you know, see the future and work towards it. Uh, love that aspect. And I love hearing uh, how much, you know, the, how the family's getting into it too. That's awesome. Brad's wife just came on board with fix this, build that. I mean, your whole family's jumping in on road yeah. engineer pretty soon. It'll be, you know, it'll be a, a, t- a TV show and you'll have, you know, a, an entire <laughs> fortress of homes and rentals that you've built on these 15 acres you guys have got. <laughs> Dude, I love it, James. So what, what are the things and, and uh, we forgot to prep you. So apologies in advance. That's all right. Uh, what, are the, what are the things we like to ask our, our guests as we wrap up is is what what advice would you have for the audience, either from like, what would you have loved to have known when you had first started out or are things that you would, you know, recommend for, for folks to consider, whether it's on the business side or, you know, any aspects of, of just getting started and trying to do this business? Um, one thing that I would say is, uh, you know, efficiency is important. Um, like I said before, we've got, I created when I, when I knew that I needed to get something done and what, what it was in the beginning was um, building a business that was large enough to be able to, go full time with it. And now it is building a house. Um, efficiency is super important. So getting those three buckets, whether it's, if it's family, um, work and, or your side hustle or whatever it is, um, and making sure that you devote 100% of your attention to whatever it is that you're working on at at that time. So for instance, if I'm working on the website and my kids come in and I'm trying to entertain them and trying to do the website thing, it, it just, um, it, it doesn't work. And, uh, I think both of us can attest to that, that it's, it's just not going to be as an efficient use of your time. So that is, um, that would, that would be kind of like my parting words that, and then also being able to, um, hustle for a long time and not expect immediate results. Don't respect or don't, (laughs) don't respect you like that. Don't expect, (laughs) To, um, you know, you're not working hourly. You're not getting paid an hourly wage. You're put, you're looking down the line. I'm going to bank up, um, you know, I'm going to create all of this content. And then eventually once my content library is big enough, um, the return on investment will be well worth the time that I put into it. Absolutely. Dude. I think that I mean, that's just the epitome of the long game, I think, and, and love Love both of those pieces of advice, uh, and I'm, I'm, I think that there's been a lot of people, like mentioned earlier, that have bailed out too early when they're on the precipice of something awesome. So uh, that's great, 
uh, sage wisdom for the for the audience there, man. Dude, love love talking to you. Obviously, uh, we've had a had a great time over the years just coming up together. So it's really awesome to see what you're doing now and and this new branch that you're coming off on. And I can't wait to to finish that up uh, for sure. Everybody, make sure you go check it out. We'll have all the links and everything in the show notes to all the Jameson stuff. He's got. Lots of different things going on. Yeah. So uh, you could sit down on the weekend and just go digest a lot of his content. But dude, I, I think there's some great nuggets here for the audience. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. Yeah, before we leave, I um, we so one other thing back to outsourcing. I just want to hit on this really quick yes. because yeah. I think that it's uh, it's kind of a, it's a little bit different way to look at outsourcing. Um, when it comes to SEO, that's a very touchy subject and trying to outsource SEO, you get a lot of scam artists and stuff like that. So um that was one thing that I would like to outsource because I'm not good at it and it has to be done on a consistent basis, as you well know. Um, so my thought process with something like that is trying, as far as getting someone to, to run my SEO was basically find someone that is teachable and then run them through what I would call an accredited course or, or something um, that we know is, is valuable content to learn, something that could teach me how to do it. Um, but I don't have the time again to either do the course or, uh, do the SEO. So being able to find someone that's teachable and then teach them the process that you want them to do and have them continue to do it on a, on a, uh, consistent basis. I think that's another valuable way to look at, at outsourcing, um, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 um, I think that if you could find a training that you believe would make the business better and that you don't have the time for, if you could find the individual to plug in get trained and then supplement the business. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. you know, that's, a, that's another Sean Van Dyke dropped that a little bit, you know, why wouldn't I put someone else into a training situation where they can help the business compared to doing it yourself. So love that piece of advice. Definitely going to take that to heart and make like 150 phone calls after we get off of this <laughs> to try and <laughs> try and get that rolling. But dude, so good. Absolutely loved having you on the show, man. Thanks. It was great. It was great to be here. I heard a saying once that you can always make more money. You can't make more time. Fact. Boom. 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 Drop. Knowledge drop. bomb. You like that? Mic <laughs> drop. We're, we're going to end and it on that. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a good one, man. All right, guys. Take care. Dude, Jameson has been such an inspiration for me over the years, man. Great friend. And I love his mindset and his approach to business. Just so much to learn there. Yeah, dude. He is an absolute beast and not to mention has a magical beard. Um, his <laughs> business is super impressive. I love that interview. It's always fun to catch up with him. I, uh, I'm pretty new to being friends with Jameson, so it's always good to see him and, and get to pick his brain. Yeah, and I, I, right after we signed off and stopped recording, he gave us the secret behind the beard, and we and we forgot to cover it in the main show, is that he decided he was going to grow the beard in conjunction with building the house. So it's like a playoff beard, except for the full construction of a house. Yes. <laughs> and he's going to shave it when he's done with the house. So Love that. Uh, yeah, so if you see him, he looks like Rumpelstiltskin, then the house is still going. So. <laughs> That, that's awesome. Uh, but if you do want to check out more about Jameson Rogue Engineer, which I would highly recommend, check out the show notes. You can head over to madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 64. We'll have links to his website, his Instagram, YouTube channels, Pinterest, all the things that he's dominating over there. And make sure you're following us on Instagram as well at Made for Profit to keep up with what we're doing on the daily. Drop some of those questions you all have for us in there and engage with the MFP tribe. Absolutely. All right, man, let's go crush this after show. Let's do it. 